Hey, what's poppin', guys? The Dallas Rays Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm Alexander. Today, July 22nd. And finally, in the middle of the summer, we should have been worrying about All-Star Game and all that stuff, but we're finally getting baseball back. Tomorrow is the brand new opening day of the 2020 60-game shortened season. We'll have the Nationals and Yankees facing off. We have the 2019 World Series champion and possibly 2020 either World Series appearance or champion with yeah. New York. And then on Friday, the rest of the teams, the rest of the 2018s, will match up and have part two opening day. So we want to welcome you to episode 15. Yes. The last episode of season one of our podcast. Season two will start next week as we commence and do highlights and talk to you about what has happened during opening week of the MLB season. I'd like to thank you so much for listening and tuning in and following our Instagram at Delos underscore Reyes underscore podcast. Now, we'd also like to make sure that you go over to poddex.com. Like we talked about, we had a poddex episode two weeks ago where you have a deck of cards and it helps you if you're a podcaster, broadcaster, overall, if you just have any ideas that you want or if you want to ask questions to your interviewees, it's the perfect way to do it. You go to poddex.com, enter code DELOS10, you'll get 10% off your very first order. That is DELOS10 for 10% off on poddex.com. It's definitely a great deal. I would head on, I would. Oh, for sure. For sure. You should go over there. Also, stay healthy, stay safe, mm-hmm. the usual. Baseball's back, yes, but also We need to stay, to stay safe, safe so it can continue to stay. Yeah. Just like every other here. sport that is starting. All right, let's start off with the news, Spence. So, the first article of news today, if that is even English, we have the Toronto Blue Jays. So, they were denied, I want to say yesterday or two days ago, by the Canadian government to play in Toronto. So... There's a lot of rumors they're saying they're going to play in New York because they have the Buffalo Bisons who they bought off the Mets, I think, in 2008 as their AAA team. So they're going to play there in Buffalo, New York. Um, but I believe that that is their alternate. Um, sp- it can't call it spring training. I'd call it summer training site. Yeah. Summer camp summer site, camp. I think, is the actual camp, definition. Yeah. So every every major league team has their AAA team usually as mm-hmm. for this season as their alternate site. Because you run that 60-man roster, but you're not on the active roster. That's where you're going to be practicing and getting your daily work in but yeah so they didn't decided to not go with buffalo so they could use that as an alternative and they're actually gonna be playing in pnc park with pittsburgh as their home stadium i think yeah here's something weird though so we do have these three divisions well not three divisions we still have six divisions mm-hmm. um but you're basically playing in three divisions you're only gonna play the al east or the nl east or the nl central or the al central you're not gonna play any other divisions yeah and they're in the al east and the al east is gonna be playing in the nl central park how is that gonna work you're gonna have games way far apart like i can't imagine them hanging up blue jay stuff it's gonna be too much work it's just gonna be pirates it's just gonna be like are we playing a pirates at yeah. pnc park it's fine but that's going to be something to think about in these next coming weeks and how they change that. They might even go to a different park. We don't know. Uh-huh. We know opening week, they're definitely going to be in Pittsburgh. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the Yankees' right-handed pitcher, Domingo Herman. Mm-hmm. He was a little on... He's been active on Twitter. Yeah. And for the bad reasons, I feel like. Um, he tweeted a couple of days ago that he wanted to retire and stop playing baseball. I think he quoted, I left baseball or I'm leaving baseball, yeah, something leaving like that. Baseball. And it was like, whoa, is he retiring? It was yeah. like 26, I think. And then he came back later, uh, two days, a day after. Yeah, a day after, yeah. A day after, and he was like, I I'm not, I don't want to retire. I want to still play baseball. He gave us all a whirl. Yeah, he said it was a cryptid 
message that he actually never wanted to retire, but I think he's just covering for himself. But I don't know. It, it was a weird situation for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yankees fans should be happy to have him back, uh-huh. but he still can't play the season yes. due to his um, domestic, domestic abuse. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, next news, we have Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, being known as kind of like the head person, not only media, but behind the scenes mm-hmm. for the coronavirus COVID-19. We throw out the first pitch tomorrow, the Nationals and the Yankees game. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about injuries now. Sadly, there's a lot of injuries. I'm going to just start going down the list. So, Justin Anderson, a pitcher, uh, has Tommy John. Uh, Trey Wingington, another pitcher, has Tommy John. Um, Brett Anderson is on 10-day IL for blistering in his hands. Mm-hmm. Colin Poach suffered a UCL and also needs Tommy John. So, a lot of Tommy John is going on. <laughs> I'm rhyming yeah. I mean, this, the thing is, like, I think a lot of them are likely to do Tommy John because they know the season's short. Uh-huh. If they miss it, it's not that much of a penalty. But most of them are going to miss also 2021. Not the whole season. I would assume but, maybe but like a, good, a good amount, yeah. though. Um, Julio Rodriguez, who is the number two prospect for Seattle, has a fractured wrist. Anthony Rizzo, the first baseman, has Pumps. rib inflammation. Mm-hmm. Jacob deGrom is coming back finally from that back tightness. Mm-hmm. He's going to be good, good for opening, for opening day. day, yeah. Jed Lowry has some knee soreness and some tightness. Uh, he, hasn't man, he hasn't played, played since he got signed the contract with Brody Van yeah. Wagen, the GM of the Mets, in 2018. He still hasn't played a game for he the hasn't Mets. stepped on that field for the Mets. He's, I think he's, he's done getting, a couple games of spring training, but he has not played in an actual uniform. And he's getting I think paid. it's $10 million. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. And Marcus Stroman with some calf tightness. Yeah. Day to day. That just came out today. Yes. Um, and Anthony Rendon might not get to start on opening day due to some oblique soreness. We yeah. don't know about that. He didn't too many dingers. Uh huh. <laughs> but we're gonna bring you over to the transactions. As we promised, we're gonna keep you in touch every week about transactions. Who's getting dropped? Who's getting moved up? Um, in the organization, who's getting injured, who's opting out, who has COVID-19. We'll give you all the stats. So, let's head over to transactions. We have Minnesota Twins. They released pitcher Ulysse Chassin, a long LB veteran. He definitely will be picked up by someone else. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Phillies released pitcher Anthony Swarzak and Bud Norris, along with infielder Josh Harrison, who actually requested to be released from the team. Don't know why yet. Colorado Rockies signed outfielder Matt Kemp, and released left-handed pitcher Jack McGee and right-handed pitcher Brian Shaw. And they also announced that Daniel Bard, who's a pitcher, hasn't played since 2013, will make the opening day roster. Now, that, that's a story, right? Mm-hmm. Cinderella story. Seven years in the making. I don't know what teams he's played for in the minor leagues or if he's played yeah. independent league, but he hasn't touched the MLB mound in seven years. And he's finally getting the chance to do it again. We wish the best for him. So, you want the San Diego Padres right-handed pitcher Jimmy Acabonis has been added to the taxi roster. The 60-man roster. And they also was a trade. Our second trade of the season. I believe the second one also involving the Padres. Padres, yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to load some people off. They're trading away after their Franchi Cordero and right-handed pitcher Ronald Balaños for left-handed pitcher Tim Hill. They add another pitcher to that bullpen for a couple prospect yes. on the rise. Now, we move to Atlanta with the Braves. They signed right-handed pitcher Josh Tomlin and infielder Yonder Alonso, veteran. But they also take away Matt Adams, which we're going to get to more when we talk about the Mets. Mm-hmm. The Yankees release pitcher Adam Warren. Uh, Chicago Cubs sign catcher Jose Loboton. So you see a lot of these people are actually veterans are getting signed 
to add that 60 man roster or minor league 16 man tag yeah. roster yeah so we go to the dodgers now this is where we got a lot so we got first baseman tyler white he's in the organization but he wasn't on the 60 man taxi roster so he's actually nearing a deal with the kbo the korean baseball organization team the sk wyverns i believe you pronounced that right for a contract this upcoming season yeah he wants to play somewhere maybe he'll still come back they also signed left-handed pitcher jake mcgee who was released by the Colorado rockies and they moved Number two prospect in baseball, infield Gavin Lux, down to their alternative training site, in, I believe in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And it just came out today, they're nearing a long-term contract extension for 10 years, 350 to $400 million with outfielder Mookie Betts. Oh, we still got more. So Seattle Mariners, they signed right-handed pitcher Brian Shaw, who's released by the Rockies. The Cincinnati Reds had officially originally added infielder Derek Dietrich this past week to the roster. He had COVID. Um, they didn't make a big deal out of it as far as telling the media. Um, he got signed back on, they put him on the roster, and then he was released on Monday. This is a power hitter. This is anybody would want him on the bench, especially yes. a postseason team. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mets released first baseman Matt Adams per request that was in the terms. And that's, that's all we got as far as transactions for in and out of teams that will be a lot of transactions mm -hmm. now we're gonna head over to some guys that uh sadly got covid and some guys that decided to opt out so gregory polanco the outfielder for the pirates mm -hmm. got covid so he's going to be doing his self-quarantining and then yasiel puig sadly tested positive everyone was really hyped i know spencer and i were oh, yeah. when he got signed Sweet. by the braves but that actually didn't go through. So right now he is still yeah. a free well, agent. Because the thing is, MLB, mm -hmm. due to their new league policy, you can't have a contract. You can't sign as a free agent if you yeah. have it. So the, the contract is null and void. I'm sure they're going to sign him or someone else will try to sign him as soon as he's ready to go. Yes. And an opt-out, uh, Joe Smith, pitcher, relieving pitcher yeah. from that. Houston Astros decided to opt-out. Um, not that he has COVID, but just decided to. You know what that sound is. It's time for Alexander's Fun Fact of the Day. Let's get it. So a lot of you may know the relieving pitcher, also a closing pitcher, Raleigh Fingers, a Hall of Famer, yeah, who, with the mus mustache, that famous iconic handlebar mustache. The only reason he grew it, though, was because the A's owner at the time, Charlie Finley, he said he offered his all the guys to grow out a mustache as a part of a Father's Day stunt. And uh, he got paid $300 bonus, <laughs> as well as $100 for a jar of mustache wax Jeez. to grow out a mustache apart for Father's Day. And it became Raleigh Finger's iconic thing. When he was younger, he didn't have that mustache. He grew that mustache, and everyone knows him as having that handlebar on his face. I know that also went further. After he did that, all the Okanese pitchers all decided to step in. This is like the 60s and 70s. A little in the 80s too. I'm not exactly sure in the decade. But I know that they all decided to start growing out mustaches and curling them up. So if you go back to the trading cards, you're going to see a bunch of curled up mustaches oiled up. <laughs> yeah. Let's get down to the brass tacks and nitty gritty of today's episode. Let's do it. So we were thinking about what we could talk about this week. And we thought, well, Cooperstown was delayed. And we're thinking next year there has to be a great class, like a great class ready to go. Yeah. So we put the 2020 class, you know, Derek Jeter, Larry Walker. Pretty good class. We looked at 2021. It's not as star-studded as you would think. 
Over 2022, 23, and 24, it's loaded with people. So for that reason, we decided to take four honorable mentions, and we're putting two people in next year's 2021 Cooperstown class. Now, this is not who we want. Keep that in mind, it's not who we want. This is who we think will make it in and be voted into the committee. Yeah. For those who don't know, let's say there's 400 writers on this organization. They vote on a ballot. You can vote for a certain amount of people. Let's say it's 10 out of the 20 or 30 that's available. You have to get 75% of the vote in order to be eligible to get voted in. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that, 75%. We're going to walk you through each player, what they've done, um, maybe why they might get in, and even give you little statistics based on them. So let's get started with the honorable mentions, Barry Bonds. Yeah, I'm going to start us off with Barry Bonds. He definitely is a controversial player. Mm -hmm. Seven-time MVP, 14-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove, 12-time Silver Slugger, two-time batting title. He has all the accolades any person could probably want. Um, A lefty outfielder. A lot of you guys are probably going to know him from his time in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Has been a tank his whole life, hitting home runs in one. He has the... um, the most home runs in one season, 73, and in a career, 762. Um, and also, I forgot about this, has the most walks in a whole career, mm-hmm. 2,558. Yeah. One time, on most bases loaded, mm-hmm. he intentional walked. Oh, known for that one, but there's a story behind him, and it's a steroid story. In 2011, Barry was convicted of using a performance-enhancing han- drugs, also known as PEDs, steroids, and Barry said that he didn't use it, and he lied in saying, trying to mislead the jury. They find they found out through his private doctor that it actually was PEDs, and it was it's it's gonna be very hard for him to make it into Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. I feel that. A lot of the guys aren't going to forgive him for what he's done because it's obviously illegal actions. We we feel he's in the honorable mentions because of what he has done. Because he definitely has mashed the ball and he has an arm. But I, we just can't see him making it there because of what happened. And it's way too controversial. I feel that way. I know Spencer does and a lot of other people do. Uh, let's move on to the next guy. We got Roger Clemens, a similar kind of story. So I also forgot to mention, in order to be eligible for Cooperstown, um, for whatever year, you have to be ten years out of the five years out of the league, and you have to have ten years at least of MLB service. But you can only be on eligible. You can only be eligible for ten years. You can only be in the ballot ten years, unless you could reset your play clock. You play for at least one year or half a season. And you can be eligible for another 10 years. So there's a joke going around, actually, that the Giants would re-sign Barry Bonds so he could prove himself without the steroids for just for a year. Yeah. So he could reset his 10-year clock and get in Cooperstown. So we'll talk about Roger Clemens. 2014, he was voted for 35.4%. Moved up to 375 the next year. The year after that, 452 54.1%, 57.3%. In 2019... The seventh year on the ballot, he was 59.5. He's getting closer every year. This year, the 2020 class was 61.2. He's projected to get 68% next year, which means if they follow the same pattern, 2022 might be his year. Although it's the last year on his ballot, they might give him the push to go to 75. He's played for 24 years in the MLB with the Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, 
Houston Astros, and the Toronto Blue Jays from 1984 to 2007, almost three decades of baseball. He's, he's been through a lot. He was drafted 12th round in 1981 by the New York Mets in high school, drafted again 19 overall. Yeah, he went from the 12th round to the first round. Uh, two years later, by the Boston Red Sox. His win-loss record of 354 and 184, 3.12 ERA, 4,672 strikeouts, and a 1.173 whip. He was an MVP in 1986, seven-time Cy Young, two-time Triple Crown, 11-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, back-to-back with the Yankees in 99 and 2000, seven-time ERA title champion. He was an All-Star MVP and Major League Player of the Year. He's got a lot of accolades behind him. Um, but for these reasons, he's been held back, similar to Barry Bonds. He allegedly was ratted out by his trainer, Brian McNamee, who also was a trainer for Andy Pettit, which is the reason why he's, I think he's only a 17.5% voted in. He doesn't have the accolades to back up to give him that 60-50% like mm-hmm. these two players do. But again, he potentially also had PDs from the same person. Um, it's called the Mitchell Report back in 2008. And basically, it went all the way to Congress. And they deemed that, just kind of like A-Rod's case, just like Barry Bonds' case, that he was lying. And you, there's nothing you can say about it. Like, there was proof from the trainer. He's like, proof yeah, pudding, yeah, I gave him steroids. So, and, and, but also, at the end of the day, he led the MLB in wins. He's led in wins. I'm talking about like season-wise. He's led in wins, win-loss record, ERA, complete games, innings, strikeouts, batters faced, hits per nine innings, strikeouts per nine innings, and strikeouts per win. Um, like I said, these guys both have a lot of stats and accolades to back up why they should be in, but they also have a lot of reasons from the stories why they should not be in. And that's why they haven't gotten in so far. They're probably going to have to wait till that 10th final year to see if they can finally budge and make it in. Yeah. Listen out to the next honorable mention, Mark, Mark Burley. Burley. So this is a lefty pitcher. Played from 2000 to 2015. Had a long career. Mo- uh, known mostly for his time with the White Sox from 2000 to 2011. He played for the Marlins in 2012. Then for the Blue Jays to finish off his career in 2013 to 2015. He's a five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove, and won the 2005 World Series with the White Sox. A lefty pitcher. It's his first year on the ballot, but he's definitely a great player and can beat out some of these guys that he has like the yeah. potential to beat the, out. Since there's not as many like starstruck yeah. players this year, this would be his year to prove that he can get at least fifty to sixty percent, and then maybe uh-huh. he might be a shoe in next year. Yeah, but like we said, like Big Poppy's next in twenty twenty two. Uh huh. There's a lot of good guys. Big Poppy, next. David Wright, Jose Bautista. Uh-huh. Like there's it just Adrian Beltre, A Rod, um, yeah. which is another controversial player. Yes. Is he in Cooperstown? Is he not? We can talk more about that when that time comes around. But, like, there's just players on top of players that are retired all at the same time, like uh-huh. Jose Reyes. Yeah. Like, all these guys could even deserve, within their first three years of being on the ballot, to make it in. But since there's so many of these great star players starting in 2022, it's going to be hard it's for them to actually make it on. It's going to be interesting to see who gets first. But yeah. for 2021, this is his year to shine for sure, Mark Burley. But let's bring it back to Mark Burley. Yeah. Um, uh, he 15 year career like I said in in that 15 year career he had 33 complete games so he was definitely the guy to go the distance he wasn't the fastest pitcher he topped out at 93 but he had some nasty off speed with a great curveball and a great slider 
and coming from a lefty, it's it moves a lot different, and definitely gonna go sometime in the future. Yeah. So we have our last honorable mention of the day, Billy Wagner. Now the reason we have Billy Wagner, I always looked up to him as is like one of these top closers in baseball. I'm mean, like top fifteen, top even twenty. Um, surprisingly enough, he hasn't led the league really that much in any of his statistics. But the reason why he would be considered. Uh, he was drafted 12th overall in 1993 by Houston. He played 16 years in the MLB for the Houston Astros, New York Mets, Philadelphia Phillies, Atlanta Braves, and the Boston Red Sox. He more has accolades behind him. He's seven-time All-Star, and he won the Relief of the Year, Relief Man of the Year award. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't made it to the World Series, so that's why he's not posting up the mm-hmm. same amount of votes. The furthest guys. he went was the NLCS in 2006 with the New York Mets. Every other time he made the postseason. Farthest he's gone is the NL or ALDS. He hasn't made it to the championship series besides with that one year in 2006. But in total, he's pitched 14 games in the postseason. All-time is a 422 record of saves, 1,196 strikeouts, and 853 games. So, I mean, in 2019, this past year, last year, 16.7% vote. Then he moved to 35.6. He projected to go 50% even next year and a 60-year on the ballot. Now... Do we think he's going to get in next year? I don't know. Can you really push on 35 to 75? I don't think so. It's I don't think you can. Hard. But, but, like we said, there's all these star players are going to be coming in 2022, so people like Billy Wagner will be underlooked for sure. Because mm-hmm. they're going to want to put in Big Pop. They're going to put in David Wright. They're going to put in all these players before they put in Wagner. He might have to just ride on his 10 years and just not make it just out of luck. Yeah. That's, the, that's the bad part. Like You can only be on the ballot for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you might just be out of luck, and someone else who's a lot better just comes in. It's like, yeah, well, coming in super. They call me Ken Griffey Jr. They call me a uh, Mike Piazza, the they, Sandman. They, all these they guys just come in. Yeah, yeah, they just come in and they just take it away. Mm-hmm. But you know, it is what it is. Now we're gonna head on to the who we think will be the 2021 Cooperstown Hall of Fame class. I'm gonna start it off with the first guy, Tory Hunter. This is his first year on the ballot. Um, he's a five-time All Star. Nine-time gold glove, very known for that glove. Mm. And a two-time all-star, a right-handed outfielder, everything you want. He played from 1997 to 2016. Um, he pl- No, 2015, my fault. Yeah, 2015, five years. Yes. Um, he played from 1997 to 2007. He played with the Twins, but also came back in 2015. He played with the Angels in 2008 to 2012 and with the Tigers 2013 and 2014. So he's had a great career. His nickname is Spider-Man because he was in the outfield. He he literally covered the entire outfield. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, it shows with a nine-time gold glove winner. He, he, had, he had wheels on him, and he also robbed a couple home runs made diving catches. He was that one guy in the outfield that's like, it's hit to him, you know it's most likely going to get caught. Um, he uh, With a career fielding percentage of .990, um, it shows that no one could get a hit if it's hit his way. And then also with a batting at, career batting average of .277, it not also shows that he's good in the outfield, but he can also do damage behind the yeah. plate. With a two-time silver slugger, it, it definitely shows. He's hit home runs. In uh, 2007, he led the league with 20, uh, 29 home runs. So he was just built different. Yeah, going on. And definitely 
should be in that spot. We have the shoe-in. Uh, Kurt Schilling. He's the shoe-in. He's definitely going to make it this next coming year. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, his first year, or seventh year on the ballot in 2019, 60.9. He went with a 69.4. There's no chance that he's not going to get 75%. He's the top player on the ballot. The number one available to get put in this class. He's definitely yeah. making it. Every project, projection prediction that you look up online, you will see Kurt Schilling as a number one person to make it in. He had a 20-year career in the Baltimore Orioles, Houston Astros, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Boston Red Sox from 1988 to 2007. Again, another three-decade guy. Um, he's led the MLB in wins at one point and during the season. Game started, innings, batter's face, whip, hits per nine innings, and he's finished second place with the Cy Young three times. He was really close to getting it. He couldn't finish it, but he almost got it. He was drafted the second round in 1986 by Boston from out of Yapavi College in Prescott, Arizona. I think it's a D3 or it's a junior college. He's a six-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion. 2001 with the Diamondbacks and 2004 and 7 with the Red Sox. He was the NLCS MVP in 93 and the World Series MVP 2001. Hasn't He's the only guy on the list that has like crazy statistics and accolades like yeah. that and hasn't used enhancement drugs to make that happen. Uh-huh. So, yeah, definitely. For that no reason, he's, he's nicking in next year. Yeah. He's the number one choice. For sure. Well, that's going to do it for us here on the last episode of Season 1. Season 1, Episode 15. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you go to poddex.com. Use code DELOS10 for 10% off your order. Podcasters and broadcasters, that's 10% yes. off your first order, DELOS10. Make sure to head over to our Instagram at DELOS underscore Reyes underscore podcast. We've been putting posts almost daily, almost every day. We got stuff on our story. You, you can even participate in. We got quizzes, Fan Fridays, trivia, stuff like that. Um, everything to be aware of. We're going to keep you in tune with everything that's happening in the MLB, like we said, during these yeah. episodes. Opening days tomorrow, Washington Nationals, New York Yankees. Everyone else is going to have their day on Friday. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be watching. I hope you're watching, too. We're going to give you some coverage next week. Be here next Wednesday. That is July 29th. July 29th, the day after my birthday. July 29th. A little, little shout out for me. July 29th will be season two, episode one, or are we going to call it 16? I don't even know. Episode one. Episode definitely going to be season two. It's episode definitely going to be season two. And like to thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this journey. Yeah. Have a great rest of your week. And let's watch some baseball because baseball is finally back. 